following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. College football early bowl edition with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my right, Brad Powers. In front of me, Ken Thompson. To my left, special guest, back by popular demand, Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. Guys, this is the early bowl. We're going to go today through next Friday. There's 10 games. And then as an added bonus, an 11th game, a best bet from Fez from that Saturday that he expects the line to move. So it's going to be an early best bet so you can get down if you like it. But, man, it's like every game we've got something. We've got three separate crossfires. I've never seen that. One of them. And we're going to start with is a two-on-one Andre the Giant style. We also have a triple-like. We've got a double-like on a total. We've got sharp money. We've got the other best bets. I mean, this is probably the most actionable show of the season in college football. Let's get straight to it with that first crossfire. First, I want to say, Ken, we appreciate you showing up today. Thank you very much. There you go. Always good to be here, RJ. (laughs) And Fez, uh, you feeling okay? How you feeling? I'm still a little under little, the weather from all the... Little cough, huh? Little cough. And Brad, well, you were here last week. I was. Now, you didn't have a cold? No, I did not. You know you know what we say. We were here grinding. Yep. Let's hope the boys can redeem themselves. I'm not judging. I'm just going, I'm just kind of a, I guess, a vessel for Twitter. The feedback on Twitter was not nice. It was like, where's Fez? Where's Ken? And I kept, I kept trying to explain, but there wasn't enough with the, even with the double limit now on Twitter, there wasn't enough characters to explain. All right. First game. <laughs> I gave him enough heat. <laughs> what is he? And you think about it. You know how much I'm I'm teasing 90%, but is what a season from these guys. I mean, and obviously Ken and Brad every week, well, except one from Ken, but almost every week. And I can tell you it's not easy, especially on Tuesday when we tape for the Wednesday release with Podcast One. It's really not easy to get all this ready this early. And they've done a wonderful job. And the feedback from the listeners, thank you so much for that. And these guys deserve a ton of credit. We're going right into crossfire. We've got Temple, Florida International. This is a two-on-one. I think I got to give Fez the first crack because if you're the Andre wrestling two guys, Andre or Fez, <laughs> Fezik, you like in this game. And Temple is a seven-point favorite against Florida International. And this is my power rating pounder. I met with the math geeks, my boys. 
on these bowls, and they gave, provided me their proprietary information on what they made the game, and they actually made this game minus 11. So I did some research. Why is Temple undervalued by the marketplace? I believe it's because Temple's 1-3 and three in games decided by 7 or less. They've lost their close games. Florida International's 4-1 and one in games decided by 7 or less. They've won their close games. That's why Florida International's 8-4. and four. Temple sitting only at 6-6, at six and six, but with a tougher schedule. I know the games in Florida and St. Petersburg. Who has a tougher schedule? Tougher schedule of Temple. Okay. Yeah, uh, I know the game's in Florida, but it's in St. Petersburg. That's a full four-hour drive from Miami, so it's not like it's just in the backyard for Florida International. I'm on Temple, minus seven. All right, who wants to go first? I'll go. I mean, yeah, to me, uh, Butch Davis done a great job in his first year. Fez does mention it is at Trop Field in Tampa, so I would expect people going to make the uh, trek over there. Don't know how many people are going to be interested in coming down from Bill Cosby's alma mater up there in Philadelphia. So uh, the one thing that's concerning is Thomas Owens is banged up. Uh, the best receiver for Florida International. That hurts. But Alex Magoo having a very nice year. Alex Gardner leads the running game, and it's, it's a deep running game. There's three running backs that can uh, – tote that pigskin around and uh, do some damage there. And like Fez says, Florida International, they find themselves in close games. They find a way to win these close games. I think that's what we're going to have here. I think we're going to have a close game inside a touchdown. So I'll take the full touchdown. And I think FIU has a chance to win this game late. Ken Thompson, by the way, Ken prepared and left always notes at home. So when you listen to Ken and hear all these players, all this info, it's from his head that much effort and time from these guys. All right, Brad, you also like Florida International. Yeah, and besides being close to home, I I like the coaching, major coaching advantage here for Florida International. Butch Davis, a guy that's been a perennial bowl guy. I know this is his first year here, but this was one of the better bowl coaches in the country. Six and one against the spread, five and two straight up against Jeff Collins coaching his very first game. And that's part of some of my handicaps this time of year. You know, how how do you prep your team when you got an extra three, four weeks to prep? I got one guy that we have a lot of data on that's done well. Another guy I'm not so sure about. And if it's going to be a close game, you've mentioned it. Well, why has Temple lost close games while Florida International has? Because FIU's got a four-year starting quarterback, a senior in Alex McGow, where Temple's been using two different quarterbacks. And while they play decent, they just haven't made the plays in the close games. Four-year starting quarterback makes the plays. Give me FIU plus the points. All right, now that brings up an interesting question. Is, Fez, we kind of default to close games or coin flips. But we know, for example, Belichick and the Pats with Brady are going to do better. I think Big Ben has proven he's going to do better in close games. And other quarterback, you know, Kaiser, for example, (laughs) in close games. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. How do you balance when there's uh, reasons for a team to have a lopsided number of wins or losses in close games. And I don't think it's ever supposed to be six and one, right? You know, it might be something where it's supposed to be four and three for seven games cause of the fourth year starter or Brady. But how do you account for when there is a reason it's not a coin flip? Well, I think the most you could probably say is that a team should win maybe 58% of their close games. In this case, the cumulative effect of the close games on these two teams is 7-2. and So you've had nine coin flips, even if there was some bias towards having a savvy uh, senior quarterback, still flipping a 7-2 and heads or tails is very unlikely and more based on the randomness than the actual results on the field. Well, that's a problem, too, with Temple is they've gone with two quarterbacks because Marchie got hurt, so Newtile had to step in, and the Jersey kid actually fared pretty well and did a good job. Now both guys could be available 
for this game for Temple. So we'll see who gets a start. Brad, you mentioned Butch Davis, and you said he's done well with Bowles. Did you have those numbers? Yeah, five and two straight up, six and one against the spread. Oh, that's pretty good because by yeah. definition, the spread is expectation. Faz, any closing thoughts since you're the Andre in this case? I'm conceding that if it's a close game, it may be more likely the Temple loses outright, but I'm not expecting it to be a close game. And further, since my guys made this game 11, I think if you wait, you're going to see this line inflate upwards because I think the public will be on the favorite. And I know wise guys will, some wise guys will like the favorite as well based upon the pure math. So your point is, and line move predictions are one of your strongest suits. If you do agree with you and Temple bet early. And if you agree with the boys look to bet later. Absolutely. All right. First one in the books. Well, first of three crossfires. (laughs) Here we go. Next game, North Texas. Troy. We've got Troy right now favored by seven with reduced juice. And this is Fez and Ken going at it. We're going to start with Ken. Ken, you like Troy in this game laying the lumber. I do like Troy. And this is a team that's got a very solid defense. Only lost two games on the year. One, they got shocked at home, lost at home to South Alabama. And the other game was the opening game in Boise, which was a game that they actually could have won had there not been a bad call by an official where he marked the ball out as a touchback instead of giving the ball to Troy at the one-yard line. Other than that, they've been pretty darn good. They did struggle in their last game against Arkansas State, and that was very uh, lopsided yardage-wise for Ark State for the Red Wolves. But somehow Troy found a way to come back and get the W, and that was more or less a divisional or a conference championship game, even though it wasn't listed. That That's what it turned out to be, and they ended up getting a share, the Troy Trojans did, of that title along with Appalachian State. But it's a Troy team that's just, to me, got playmakers. Brandon Silvers, the quarterback, is outstanding. Jordan Chun, very solid running game. And then, of course, you've got the defense that I think is by far superior as far as all teams that are going to be on the field. I think this is the, where the side of the ball that's going to be dominant. And I feel like North Texas and quarterback Mason Fine, again, going to be missing their leading rusher, Jeffrey Wilson. This guy had over 1,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, and without him in the lineup, that's a major loss. That's a key guy that they missed against Florida Atlantic, and they got thumped, and I think they're going to get crushed again. I don't think they're going to score more than 17 points. I think Troy will get in the high 30s. Ken Thompson likes Troy. Steve Fezzik likes North Texas. Yeah, it really comes down to the last game, and Ken alluded to it. Troy 32, Arkansas State 25. Total yards, Troy 293, Arkansas State 606. When I saw that, I said, this team won by seven, and they gave up 600 yards, and they didn't get 300. I immediately said, I am betting against this team in their bowl game. They have to be overvalued. What does the public, what do the odds makers even react to? Well, the last data point. North Texas has had a great year. Ken mentioned it. They got rolled in their final game, lost by 24 but they're a nine-win team. They only won one game the prior year. I think they're super excited to be going to this bowl game and super motivated off a bad final game. Yeah, minus as far as turnovers, though, and sacks, major advantage for Troy, and that's the problem. I think Mason Fine is going to be spending a lot of time on his wallet. So, Ken, last week you weren't here, but we were talking about... Had to get that in there again just to make sure that <laughs> listeners didn't forget. We were talking about motivation be probably the key handicap, especially when there's uh, it's disparate, when there's a difference amongst the teams. Do you do you agree with that? Motivation I, in bowl games key. I agree. That's that's key as long as the talent is somewhat, like you said, somewhat close. And I just don't feel it is on both sides of the ball. I just don't feel like North Texas is talent-wise. So, so you as good. agree 
that um, North Texas has the motivation advantage here. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, both teams, I mean, Troy wants to play in a bowl game, too. They want to, I mean, this is a team, that, where, where are you going from the Sun Belt? If you finish tied for first, where are you going? You're not going to the Rose Bowl. You're not going to the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, you, that's a good This point. is what you're doing. You're going to a bowl game. You're looking forward to doing that. And they're this is a 10-2 season. It's the best Troy season in a long time. Yeah, it feels like they probably want to finish the job. Like, maybe it, that's interesting, because I don't know these conferences anywhere near like you guys do. But, Fez, is part of your theory Troy's got some disappointment here? I mean, it, or I'm, I'm, yeah. Is that the theory? Troy's got some disappointment. I, well, I think it's going to be hard for them to get super motivated to play North Texas when they beat LSU this year. So they played bigger games. But under that theory, then the rest of the year, every time they played a team worse than LSU, which was every game, you would look to fade them in select spots. Yes. And what is the what would drive those select spots? Looking towards motivation. Looking ahead. RJ, here's the no, thing. No, no, to, you, uh, hold okay. on. He didn't answer the question. He just repeated the question. So what looking ahead spots, what motivation questions? I, I didn't go back through the regular season and look at the specific but spots saying, I would have faded them. I'm saying, like, to me, what doesn't make sense to me here, and that's kind of my job in college is listen with, like, virgin ears because I don't really know these, especially these early bowl games. I don't know these teams. But let's talk concepts. Could a team like Troy – really be disappointed in any bowl game. These no, kids are probably not, you know, this is like, to me, it's almost like this. I'm not a Hollywood guy at all. Right. I mean, I've been lucky enough to do, you know, ballers or whatever. That's it. So I've, I go to a lot of movies. If I went and, and, and I'll give you an example. There's a great sushi place in LA. It's actually called Matsuhitsa which is the first sushi restaurant from the Nobu guy. So he's got a little like, 20-seater in Beverly Hills, and then Nobu's gone around the world. I love, when I go to L.A., I'll try to go to Matahitsa, and the I saw Kim Davis there once, who played on Deadwood, and she's been on uh, Treme. She's been on a good bit of stuff, but she's not by any stretch, uh, you know, a big movie star. But I was excited to see Kim Davis, right? Now, if you had been in Beverly Hills the last, you know, Brandon Walsh you know, hanging out, eating some sushi from 90210 wouldn't necessarily, that character, be excited to see Kim Davis. They'd be like, hey, Kim, what's up? And keep walking, right? So to me, Troy is going to be excited with any bowl game, it would seem, because it's going to be not necessarily a rare occurrence, but for these kids' lives, this will probably be one of the five or six most exciting things that ever happened to them. I Why think you say, you know, that's a good point. It's a good point. They will be excited. It's just a matter of are you going to go 1 to 10 on motivation? I think North Texas will be more excited because they're playing clearly the better perceived team. Okay, Brad, we're going to we're going to have two tiebreakers potentially here, but only one which is cuz we do have a sharp action report from Matty Holt on every game, but this is one no sharp action yet. By the way, going back to the first game, also, uh, no sharp action, but we have a bunch of them. There has been early, and we'll be talking about each of those. So I'm going to let you, Brad, be the tiebreaker. North Texas, Troy, leaner like. Yeah, I'm leaning with Troy here. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with Ken. Number one, the running back being out the last couple of games really impacted a North Texas offense that was high-powered, one of the top 20 offenses in the country. But without him, they couldn't move the football against Florida Atlantic. And then also, you just look at North, Tech, North Texas. The expectation is they're a touchdown underdog here. So they're going to lose, right? 
when, when North Texas loses the last two years, they've lost 12 games. All 12 of those have been by seven points or more. 11 of the 12 losses by 13 points or more. So if they're not competitive early, I think this one has the you know ability to be a blowout loss because I see North Texas, when they get down, they have no expectation of coming back. We've talked about trends, and in, in one of our mandates on the Dream Previews is logic behind the trends. Unless the number's so big, it doesn't matter, right? If it's 150 and 30, I don't need logic. For example, when Colin Cowherd and I agree this season on one of his blazing five picks, we're 31 and nine. Wow. We don't need any logic. We just say RJ agrees with Colin. No, I'm joking. But I did want to get that in because this is a, I was telling Fez earlier, this is like a once in a lifetime, 31 and nine doesn't happen. Fez, you said you'd give pretty much any NFL handicapper, what, 20 to one that they wouldn't go 31 and nine if, if they were picked, if, cause really it was Colin picking the five games and me having to be forced picking those games, forget going 31 and nine, picking any games. You'd said about 20 to one. Absolutely. I hope someone's listening and takes me up on it. Yeah. Oh, well, we don't solicit. We don't solicit across state lines. No. I, <laughs> last time I checked, I don't have a gaming license. <laughs> but Brad, what's the logic? Why? It, my first thought would be, is this a team that has trouble throwing from behind? Uh, well, they, they they did last year. This year, the, their quarterback's much improved, Mason Fine. But it, the problem is the defense just gets worn down because they have a high tempo. It gets off worn down. Because their offense is very high tempo. So a lot of times what happens is three and out, three and out from the offense if they're inefficient throwing the ball. Defense that just gave up a touchdown goes right back on the field. We saw it in the two Florida Atlantic games, and their defense just doesn't have much depth here the last couple of years. They get worn down because they're constantly on the field because their, their offense being high, you know, fast tempo, up tempo, doesn't take much time off the clock. RJ, minus eight in turnovers. That's a key stat, and Troy's a turnover machine, and they're also a team that gets a lot of sacks. I mean, they have 19 more sacks. So 20 Tro- more Troy's sacks than their minus opponents. eight in turnovers? No, uh, North Texas. Okay. Minus eight in turnovers. That's just a terrible stat. It's the worst of any bowl team that I've seen. And that's another example of that could be said that that's a sign they're underrated, right? Because turnovers tend to even out in the long run. That's an interesting question, Fez. It, not totally even out, but almost like we were talking about close games, right? There can be some factors that make you more inclined to be positive or negative in turnovers. You know, we've said in the NFL about, you know, uh, 75, 80% of turnovers are luck and 20% or 25 or skill. Is that the same in your mind in, in college football? It is, but I do think. So that- I would think it's that I would think the range of quarterback play from the very best quarterback of the 130 teams to the worst is so much wider. Might be more. That there might be more 60, skill 60, in 40 and, yeah. less, and less randomness. Although maybe you could say the Cleveland Browns should be a college team because they would be favored. They People are now, they are now minus 21, I believe <laughs> and turnovers year to date. That's not random. All right. I'm going to give the win to Ken Thompson. I think Fez missed a little. I think it was a little off on the motivation side. Brad gave the, the deciding vote. Ken with the win. Next crossfire, three of three. Oh, you know the boys. Ken Thompson, Steve Fezzik, the winner gets to go first. There's no trophies for losing here, buddy. Ken, you like Colorado State, five and a half point favorite over Marshall. Yeah, I do like them. And, you know, there's there's some tough circumstances here. I mean, number one is Colorado State would have liked to be in a bigger bowl. They would have liked to play 
in, in a better game. So I can see the motivational factor coming back when Fez gets oh, he's the, try, he, the he's turn. He's trying to I'm just, stop Fez's point Hey, first. listen, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just getting that out there because I've taken that into consideration. But I think Nick Stevens and Colorado State is just too good offensively. Dawkins, the running back, is outstanding. And there's just too many weapons there. Now, the defense has let their guard down in second halves of games, and it's cost them some point spread covers and even some outright games. So... You know, they're going to have to have their A game. There's not going to be a lot of fan participation, from what I understand, coming over from Fort Collins down to Albuquerque, even though it's not a, a long jaunt, even though they know the area well. They've been there and gone against New Mexico there in Albuquerque, so they know the lay of the land. These guys have been to this uh, venue, and when people say that doesn't matter, BS, man. There's a reason I took Denver when they were playing in San Diego to win that Super Bowl because Elway been there time and time again. He knew that venue. And when you play ball, I don't care what sport it is, and you've been to that venue, there's a comfortability factor where you feel a little more comfortable than somebody going in there for the first time. So that weighed into my handicapping as well. I think Colorado State, despite maybe lack of somewhat motivation, is still good enough to win by a touchdown in this game. Ken Thompson. Colorado State like, Fez, you like, Marshall. I do. Marshall, a mission team. Here's a program that's had quite a bit of success the past five years, coming off a three-win team. So no expectations for this year. They have a breakout year. They go to a bowl game. I think the kids from Marshall will be very excited to go across the country, to go to a venue in Albuquerque. That's not true for Colorado State. Here's a seven-and-a-half season win number. That was their number before the year started. Very high expectations. They compete for a conference title. They go in the tank down the down at the back end of their schedule, lose three out of four games. I can't see any excitement. Bowl handicapping is all about motivation. Very excited Marshall team uh, and an apathetic Colorado State team. Brad, you're not going to be the decider this time because we do have a extreme – opinion in the smart money but first let's get your lean on this game and then we'll get the the judge will come in with the smart money yeah i'm leaning with colorado state for me it's just about buying low and what i've seen at handicapping bowl games last 10 years i love taking teams that have been a terrible ats team down the stretch of the regular season you find value colorado state failed to cover their last six games of the regular season a lot of people read into that that's why i perceive there to be some value here on colorado state and again like ken said familiarity with the venue. This is a very rare road trip for Marshall traveling west of the Mississippi. They don't do that often and playing here in New Mexico. Well, in New Mexico, Colorado State just played here earlier this year where they beat New Mexico on this field. Familiarity with the venue, buying low because they're off six straight losses ATS-wise. Give me the Rams. Okay, so to recap Crossfire, the third one, Fez is on Marshall, Ken Thompson on Colorado State, and from the the behind-the-counter report, we have 95% of the sharp money on Colorado State. Oh, come on. Ken Thompson, you get the victory. I'm out of here, man. It's yeah. two in a row for you me. You get yes. the victory. Steve <laughs> Fezzik gets. You know, Brad and Ken are dancing, and Fez is like a statue. How many hours <laughs> till the NFL pod starts? <laughs> That's it. I mean, when it's NFL, I listen to Fez. <laughs> hey, you, you, good. Yeah, I was gonna. Get, I'll give you one, Fez. Ah! I'll, I'll oh, give you a little. Throw. Sadder than yeah. you say anything. Marshall is the best bowl team in the country, ten and one straight up, and against the spread, their last eleven bowl games, including four and zero under this coach. So and you got that in your favor. And, and one other thing you do have is motiva- <laughs> motivation from the quarterback last year that was suspended. 
and missed a lot of the season. And Doc Holliday gave him another crack at it, and he led them into this bowl game. When you say that you got that going for you, Fez, I feel like Cat, the movie Caddyshack, when um, Bill Murray caddies for the someone, Dalai Lama. Someone had, oh, okay. And okay. the Dalai Lama, it looks like he's going to stiff me. And I'm like, hey, Dalai, how about something for the effort? And he says, you will have inner peace at the end of your life. So, so I got that going for you, you, right? <laughs> Can't put a price on that. Well, the actual line was, he goes, hey, Lama. How about a little something for the trouble? <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the great scenes. <laughs> All right, next game. Big line move. Big line move. This is Akron, Florida Atlantic. Line opened up at 17 at CG Tech, up to 22, 22 and a half other spots. And this is what behind the counter report tells us let's start there 95% of the account the sharp money on Florida Atlantic and 75% over the counter the recreational money on Florida Atlantic so we got big liability big line move on Florida Atlantic and Fez you actually are the one person that likes this game and you are on the sharps. You've got that too. You like Florida Atlantic. I do like Florida Atlantic. We're laying the 22 and a half now. It's been going up all week. You know, this team has just turned into an absolute, absolute juggernaut improving throughout the year, especially at home. And this is their home stadium here. They've won their home games by 30, 38, five. Let's put an asterisk by that five, 25 and 28. So they've been murdering people. Oh, and they clobbered one other team by 24. What's the one game they didn't cover? A game they took, they were laying seven, and they took a safety when they had the ball literally in their own 40 with a minute to play. So asterisk by that, contrast that with Akron. Totally phony team, won three games by three points or less. They were down 38 to nothing against Toledo in the MAC championship game. They had no business being there. Somehow they covered that game and only lost by 17 with a last 32nd touchdown. I think Akron is just happy to show up here and go to Florida and get some sunshine. They're going to get drilled. So right now it's 22 and a half. If you were here last week, what line could you, our <laughs> list are thousands and tens of thousands of listeners. How much, how many points did you cost them? I, I think it had already gone up to like minus 21. So that off the key number 21. Important number. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been Once here again. It is R.J. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like Florida Atlantic, Brad Powers, you lean Akron. Yeah, and I'm a big guy about you know taking advantage of outlier lines. No bigger outlier line in the history of bowl season ever than this one. This is the largest point spread ever. In the history of all bowl games, doesn't matter if it's the Boca Raton Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, biggest point spread ever. I'll go ahead and play on Akron with the lean here. Look, you said they had no business covering. Well, I like the fact that they didn't give up. They're down 38 nothing in the MAC championship game. What do they got to play for? You just lost a championship game. You're going to a bowl game. What else do you have to play for? They get the backdoor cover. So I think there's backdoor potential here. And I question Florida Atlantic's motivation. You just creamed all nine of your Conference USA opponents and you get rewarded by playing Akron in your home stadium, a home stadium that in the Conference USA championship game, they only sold half the tickets, 15 of the 30,000 are there. So I think it's a team that's not very motivated, especially when you're laying more than three touchdowns. Give me the zips plus the points. I tell you, Brad, this is one of it shows you when you keep your reps, you know, (laughs) it, it, I mean, good stuff. Can you lean 
Florida Atlantic. You're with Faz on this one. Yeah, and lean though. Well, exactly. And there's a couple things, and you both made good points. And Brad, I agree with you. Uh, when you're when you're playing at home, I mean, you're expecting when you win your conference to go somewhere else. Let's take the kids. Let's go to a new venue. But the advantage will be that this is a bowl game. The other advantage is they like what Lane Kiffin's doing there. The Lane train is rolling big time. They want to make sure he stays there because he's going to have other opportunities. There's no doubt. But he likes it in Boca Raton. He knows he can dominate this conference for a few years before he then moves on to a bigger venue. And that's why I'm looking at this Florida Atlantic team saying, you know what? Yes, we've got to avoid complacency because we are staying home. But we are good enough to drill this team just like we drilled North Texas. I, I really can't see Akron scoring more than... 15 points in this game. And Florida Atlantic, just, oh, by the way, they're going to score at least 14 per quarter. I think this game's going to be a blowout, so i got to lean with Fez here. And let's talk about staying home. Let's assume you're in the MAC and you get to play a conf- a, um, a bowl game in Detroit, Michigan. Are you excited? No. But if you're in Boca Raton, Florida, are you really excited to leave your Sunshine State and go play a game in Frisco, Texas, or Idaho. No, you're happy. You're excited to be staying home. And even with only 15,000, looked pretty darn good against the nine-win North Texas team in the uh, conference championship. You know, that's an interesting point is closer to home could be a travel advantage for the crowd, but could mean less excitement, right? Further away, tougher to get there, but more excitement for the team. Hmm. But capping capping off a great season, and again, Lane Kiffin's first season there. This team's won nine games in a row. They're just kicking butt right now. I mean, there's nobody at that level right now offensively in their class. And Akron, like Fez said, against Toledo, very fortunate to get a backdoor cover. They weren't in that game. That was on a neutral field. Now you're going to somebody's home venue, and you're going to try and stay within that? I don't see him staying within 24 points. You know, Brad, you and I last week talked about that young teams who – the practice, the sense of trending upwards and the, the extra practice time, which is significant for the Bulls, there can be some real energy and enthusiasm around that. Do you, do you think that applies here? Uh, yeah, I would say it favors Akron. They're the younger team. Keep in mind, Florida Atlantic was the most experienced team in the country coming back. So Lane Kiffin actually inherited a very good situation. Uh-huh. So I think they have more upside by having 15 practices. You think Kiffin, Kiffin's the type to look ahead. You think maybe... He plays some young, like gives younger guys like winning this game or not winning this game. But if you're up by 22, wow, this is interesting. So you're supposed to win by 22 and a half. That's the line. Does Kiffin potentially put in, get gets up by 21 in the third and starts playing a lot of younger guys. And I'm not saying like a full scale, like, okay, let's get the whole second string in. But does he maybe make his rotations much, much deeper because if he wins this game by 10 or 30, like if you told him you've got two choices, Lane, you can win by 10 and get a lot of key big game experience for some young guys or win by 30 and get a lot less big game experience for the young guys. Doesn't that, doesn't he take the win by 10? No way. First off, Lane Kiffin's an ego guy. We all know that. If he's got a standalone game and this is the only game that night, everybody that's betting and everybody that's interested in college football is watching Florida Atlantic on their home field. That's why I, I, I'm almost now ready to bet Florida Atlantic, even at the 22 and a half. Instead of leaning, I'm now looking at this game, and they're for sure good by seven per quarter, which would be 28. So I'm feeling good about Fezzik's play here. Won five of his last six at home by 24 or more. He does not have a history of taking his foot off the gas. Next game. So Fez with the one like on Florida Atlantic, and he's got that going for him. Next game, public dog. 
And that means, and let's start with the smart money report. Law Tech SMU, SMU favored by five. And 90% of the smart money on Law Tech, the dog, and 80% of the over the counter money, the recreational money on the dog, Law Tech. So this is a public dog. Brad, you like Law Tech. Yeah, for two reasons. Uh, number one, Louisiana Tech's much better than their 6-6 six and six record indicate. This is a team that lost three games this year by a single point each. So a coin flip. Either way, they'd have a couple more wins. And they additionally lost a game in overtime against Southern Miss. I remember it well because it was a best spot here on the Dream Podcast. They're up 11 points in a pick game with 90 seconds left. Somehow a game goes to overtime, lose by seven. So very misleading 6-6 six and six team. Plus, I have more coaching stability here. I got a longtime vet in Skip Holtz, who performs well in bowl games, won three straight here with Louisiana Tech against an interim coach in SMU who's not going to get the job next year. The players wanted him to get the job, but there's, yeah, trailer, the interim coach, not going to get it. So my question is, is are these players motivated or are they disappointed? And I'm questioning their effort here. Give me the more uh, trustworthy team here, Bulldogs plus the five. So last week, Brad, you and I talked about coaching changes and how the disruption is complex handicap, but usually it's a negative. So you kind of hinted at it. You want to be more specific here? Yeah, I think it is a negative. Number one, this interim for for SMU, the interim coach, Chad Morris, their head coach, who did a decent job here despite his straight-up record didn't look great. He's off to Arkansas, so you lose the man hours there. The interim coach, you know, a guy that's a position coach, so he's not even a coordinator, so it's not like he's got experience calling plays on one side of the ball. Players liked him, but they were expecting him maybe to get the job. He's not going to get the job. Sonny Dykes is going to be the new head coach. A great hire, by the way, for for SMU moving forward. So I got to question it. It's kind of maybe the substitute uh, teacher effect here. All right. So, Ken, we've got Brad with the like on Law Tech. You lean Law Tech. Yeah, same thing. And to me, Law Tech's just a more complete team, a better balanced team, team that can play good, solid defense at times. Again, they're not going to score. They're not going to play a shootout-style game with SMU. That's how SMU beats you. But SMU's also lost games like that. I mean, Memphis put up over 650 yards the last uh, game that SMU played. So they, they've had some trouble stopping offenses. L, uh, LaTeX's offense is good enough to score points, but their defense is also much better as far as being able to slow down a high-powered offense by SMU. SMU's just one-sided. They're all offense. Can we outscore you? I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball at will because LaTeX's defense is good enough to get pressure on the quarterback, force some mistakes, slow the game down, and they'll also use the, you know, the offense that they have. They'll mix things up ball control, and I think Law Tech has a good chance to win this game going away. All right, so remember, Law Tech, five-point underdog right now. It's a public dog. Fezzo, he's not afraid to fade seemingly a majority of the time. The smart money, he leans SMU. Yeah, and it's all about the geography here. This game is in Frisco, not in the Bay Area. It's in Frisco, Texas. That is, I just looked it up, 28 miles from the SMU campus. A very, very easy trip. Four hours, 11 minutes from Ruston, Louisiana. Further, I think just anyone in Texas that wanders into this game, neutral parties to watch this game will root for SMU being from Texas. So I think a hidden, sneaky home field edge. So it seems like this idea of this not being exciting is super applicable here. Right is it, SMU could have went in theory, unless they were locked in here to a lot of bowl games, right? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I or, think they, or a couple other bowl yes. games. And do you think wouldn't we? This guess is a nice is, new stadium. This is uh, something that I think they'll be happy to go. You know, check it out. And like Fez says, they will have 
you know, there's a lot of SMU alum First around all, the whole state no, of Texas. I mean, that brings up another point. Does the crowd even matter in any of these games? They're, they're, it's going to be mostly empty, right? Yeah, for the most part. So, a lot I mean, of these. we're all trying to figure who has a home advantage. What, one got, one team's got 4,000 people and the other team's got 2,000 people? I but mean, SMU's a proud program and a bigger program from years past up until they had the death penalty. And so now making a bowl game is huge for that program because it has them on the right track. Now, you lose Chad Morris, a great offensive mind that takes the Arkansas job, but still you're looking for this team to just at least win a bowl game and get back to are saying we, that we're we, in postseason play. Are we play. really debating – What's another bowl game SMU could have went to? I mean, the Boca Raton Bowl. I mean, All right, a lot there of the, you go. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that that these Texas kids, how much more excited would they have been to go to Florida for six days? Probably a little bit more excited. No doubt. Think. How much more excited would the kids so, from Louisiana been to go to the Boca Raton Bowl versus going to Frisco, Texas? But you're giving SMU an edge because of the crowd. But how many people do you expect at this game? Oh, I, th- I think there'll be 25,000. I'd go with the under there. I, I will say on his behalf, SMU hasn't been to a bowl game last four or five years, so there might right. be a little bit of excitement. So maybe they there. get the locals there. Yes. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> and, and, and RJ, straight up, that's why some of these games are so tough to you know put a, a hand on as far as you talk about motivation. There are some games that you look and like, who is going to be motivated? Well, if it was obvious, it'd be building the line. That's I exactly. love the complexity, right? Yes, that, that's where, absolutely. That's where the pros step up. Next game, wow, this is the last one before we get to all actionable stuff. Either sharp money, double likes, best bets, triple likes. It's crazy from here on out. And this one's actionable, too. It's a total, one of the totals from the boys, Wyoming, Central Michigan. This game's a pick em, and we're going to hold the total, and we got two leans, Brad Lean or, or you lean Central Michigan? I do. And look, you got a name brand quarterback in Josh Allen, who's questionable here for Wyoming. Yes, he matters to the, the line. And obviously, and it looks like the line right now, I would say he's questionable. If he was probable, I would say Wyoming's favorite. If he goes to doubtful, Central Michigan's going to flip the favorite. But I say he's been overrated all season. Number one, I was never buying top five draft pick. This was a guy that came into this season was only completing like 56% of his passes. That's what he completes this season. 13 touchdowns for him. His counterpart is a name brand if you've been following Michigan and was a former five-star recruit in Shane Morris who's played like one down the stretch. Last five games of the season, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. Central Michigan won and covered all of them. I like Central Michigan here because I think there's still some perceived bias with Josh Allen, the Wyoming quarterback. All right, lean Central Michigan from Brad. Ken, you lean Wyoming. Yeah, I lean Wyoming. And again, this is a venue that is different than any other venue in the Division One level, a blue field. Wyoming has guys that have played on this blue field. And I'm just telling you, I've talked to people. I know people that have played on this field. I work close with a lot of the Mountain West schools and, and boosters. It is not easy to go up there for the first time and try and color coordinate things and get things rolling Wyoming has that advantage. Again, Josh Allen is key. There's no doubt about it. And last year he relied on Hill, an outstanding running back that took a lot of pressure off him. He also had two outstanding senior receivers that were two of the best in the Mountain West and actually two of the best in the country. So, again, they, he lost a lot of weapons. And in the trenches early, they were given, uh, they, they were, you know, giving up too many sacks to, you know, to opponents. But right now, when I look at the defense, 
for uh, Wyoming. They've got two tacklers that had 111 tackles, and they also are a team that's going to get pressure on the opposing quarterback. But it's really about the venue to me more than anything. In a pick'em game, give me the team that's played several games on this blue field against a team, Central Michigan, that has not. So is that a factor for you, Brian? Oh, absolutely it is. But, but so, uh, so you're even with that Wyoming advantage – now, does Boise, Boise doesn't have altitude, do they? Well, I mean, it wouldn't matter to yeah, what. Not yeah. to Larry. Well, well, that's what I was saying yes. is, is maybe that's a little bit of altitude. But, yeah. And obviously that plays into Wyoming, who's used to playing altitude. They are the highest elevation team in FBS. Okay. Uh, either way, with all those factors, we got a lean Central Michigan from Brad. It looks like you're leaning a little less. Yeah, this is lean. I can only pass one game, yeah. RJ. Well, that's the Jeez, yeah. and, and that's what the listeners know yes. is – we're giving these leans are like, hey, they're not even considering even the likes. Because I missed last week, I didn't even pass on a game, RJ. Just so it, you know oh, there you go. <laughs> that that I appreciate. Okay, so we talked about the side now, Faz. You get one total amongst all these games, and this is the total you like best. Yes, and I would have made this my best bet if I hadn't gone with the game that was after this week. All right, um, under forty-five and a half. I checked with my math brethren. They cannot understand this total, and we love the under. Let me just give you some pure numbers here. Central Michigan is an under team. They average five and a half yards per play. That's the metric we use all the time in the NFL. That's an average NFL team. Their defense only gives up 5.1, so they are an under team. But the beauty here is Wyoming, despite having what's supposed to be an NFL first-round draft pick, which I don't think it's going to happen with Allen, they are as dead nut an under team as you'll ever see. I mean, they got numbers that are worse than the Baltimore Ravens, RJ, they average 4.7 yards per play only. They give up their defense even better, 4.6 yards per play. And on offense, even with Allen playing most of the year, 34 passes a game. And uh, I'm sorry, they run 34 times a game. They pass 27. So they are a run-happy offense, despite the fact that they have this perceived great quarterback under. Under in this game? Either you guys have an opinion on the total? Well, I mean, you you can only go one way with Wyoming games. Last uh, 14 games for them, 12-1-1 to the under. So pl- the stats back it up there. Now, there's another way to look at that, which Building is the, the, mar- number. The, the market's caught up. But do you think it is? No, I have not. I mean, Allen, with Allen at quarterback, they only averaged 275 yards per game. They actually were improved when he was out there. And by the way, just backing up, no sharp money on this game on the side. Fez on the under, and he says it would have been his best bet. Ooh. All right, now, it's all action from here. As we like to say, the stakes are going up. This is sharp money. You know, I'm going to make sure I hit the home stretch. I got my Coke Zero here. One second. That's a real, that's not a sound. That's like the guys back in the old radio days used to have like sticks and it'd it'd like play on drums or beat (laughs) on stuff for sound effects. That's a real Coke Zero, baby. All right. You know, there's a great wrestling podcast it's called Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Great stuff. They do like three hours on, let's say, you know, WrestleMania 7. They'll go back 30 years or 20 whatever years and, and do three hours talking about it. But Bruce was in the middle of all that. Uh, back. He worked for the WWF slash E for almost, I think, tw- 27 years maybe. But when they do those long pods, they'll actually drink. Have you listened to these? Oh, right? yeah. They're uh, best wrestling pods. Oh, okay. right I now. didn't realize that. Yeah. So they'll drink during the, the pod or the pod. Yeah. And you hear like as they get into the third or fourth beer, <laughs> things loosen up a little bit. Right. Yes. So Coke Zero, not quite that. But 
you know, about six weeks ago, everyone's screaming. And at one point, somehow Hogan's name, Hulk Hogan's name came up. And I said, Hogan must pose, which is a line from their pod. They probably say maybe seven or eight times in all the time in 18 months they've done it. But I got like six or seven people on Twitter say Hogan must pose. So you got to <laughs> love podcast guys, right? They listen closely. All right. Georgia State, Western Kentucky. And if this game were standalone on Wednesday during the season, I wouldn't even glance at it. But listen, you can bet it. Why not? This is sharp money game, though, is we got Western Kentucky as the sharp money. None of you guys even like this. It's all lean, so we'll get through this pretty quickly because we got the sharp money. By the way, the sharp money's moved the line. It opened Western Kentucky four and a half point favorite now up to six and a half Fez you lean Western Kentucky yeah and it's all about the fact Western Kentucky only had 10 returning starters and a brand new head coach so they started out so slow that the marketplace is still taking their time catching up to how much better and how improved they are they're no, not nearly the team they were last year but look at what that where that offense was early in the year they played illinois they got seven points illinois is terrible only 22 against la tech and only 15 points against utep the offense is playing much much better with improvement the market has not caught up western kentucky is the preferred side so this is similar to and i think more applicable more often in college basketball where a team that's young and, and their games in November and December are not as telling even close to the March games. Excellent analogy. Um, and I also think this is similar, and it's a good time to tease the NFL Dream Preview, is that re- is released every Thursday and early in the morning. And last week we got probably the best feedback. It was a real good episode. People, we had three different people say that they spit out either food or drinks when I banned you from talking about the <laughs> Hobbit, so that that ban's still in effect, by the way. Don't try, it. don't try it. I'll just edit it out. Like re- whatever happens in this, I don't edit, but I would in that case. You cannot pass. Mm. All right, so now listen. I've got to write. Give me a dollar, and I'll, I'll leave it in. He's giving me a dollar, isn't wow. he? Wow. All right, I'll leave it in. All and right. that was. Oh that, no, no, no! Wow. Give me a twenty, and I. Wow, you got to love that. Give me a dollar. You know, the funny thing is, when I was handing it back to him, he was already reaching to get it. He was never going to give me that 20. That quote was from Lord of the Rings, not Hobbit close enough. I was going to say that, actually. Dang. Why? I don't know. (laughs) That's kind of sad. It is. It is. Get away. Whatever you, whatever, like, loneliness you felt in your room, get away from it now. You're you're a famous Vegas professional batter, right? Put it all in the past. Leave it behind you. All right. So we know the sharp side here, Western Kentucky. Fez, we've got your opinion on that one. Also, Western Kentucky, a lean. Ken Thompson, you lean Western Kentucky. I do. And again, Mike Sanford Jr. has not done a great job uh, taking the baton from Jeff Brom this year. Brom's doing a much better job with his new assignment over there in West Lafayette with Purdue. But again, this is a uh, team that still has enough weapons. Mike White's a good, solid quarterback. Uh, He's going to find ways to outscore Georgia State. And Georgia State had their opportunity a few weeks back at home and and laid an egg. Connor Manning's not a bad quarterback, but Penny Hart, their best receiver, is actually questionable for this game. And if he misses, they're in a lot of trouble. They're pretty, uh, you know, one-dimensional as far as throwing the ball to Hart. He's their main guy 
And again, if he's banged up at all, that hurts big time. But I'm just not impressed with Georgia State's offense. I think Western Kentucky, even if they have a subpar performance offensively, still good enough to outscore this team by double digits. All right. So both you guys lean in with the sharp money. Brad, you're going the other way. Yeah, I'm going with Georgia State. I just simply can't back As a lean. As a lean in this one. Not a like a lean on Georgia State. You want to clarify that? Because. Well, I just want to make sure no one's saying, why isn't he getting hit with Huey? Fair enough. And there's no reason to get hit here because with it only being lean, I just simply can't back a Western Kentucky team. That's the worst rushing offense in the country, 66 rushing yards per game. And they're terrible at the line of scrimmage on both sides. You look at them, the amount of sacks they give up this year, 42 sacks allowed. The amount of sacks they get on defense, 10 minus 32 sacks. That's as terrible of a number as I've seen the last 10 years in all of college football. But here's why it's only lean and not a like Georgia state. You mentioned a penny Hart, He's their go-to guy. And by far, you talk, you look at his stats, a thousand yard receiver. He's got more receiving yards than the next three players combined. So that would be a major significant loss for their offense and Georgia state. You look at the, the six teams they beat in combined records, 16 and 56. I'll be honest. I'd like to fade both of these teams. I was actually disappointed that they were matched up in a bowl game because I thought I lost a, a pair of winners fading both teams. All right, guys, it just goes up from here. We got a double like on a total. We've never had that before then three best bets one is a day early because fez predicts a line move first so listen if you're listening to these early bowls you are a player most likely so i'm going to keep it simple thank you thank you thank you for the growth of the pods we had another up week last week remember we actually didn't have a coupon the week before we let you guys email in for anyone that wanted the bowl packages we got a surprising number thank you for the support. And what's the difference? These are the late telephone releases. You're you're going to hear who these guys like, but you on all the games, every bowl game, but you don't know if how much they like. Is this the game they like the best? Is this the three-star? And you also don't know how late information changes things because quite frankly, it does, you know, for everybody, for everybody, especially guys like this in Vegas that can read the market so well. So here's your coupon if you want to get any of the premium picks. Just go to pregame.com, click the buy picks tab, pick anything you want, pick pick your picks, and then put this coupon in in the shopping cart. CFB Dream. Now, usually we would start 10 again, but I'm going to jump to 11 because you guys have been so great. CFB Dream 11, CFB Dream 11. Just put that in all caps, get 11 bucks off anything you want. Double like on a total. This is Middle Tennessee State, Arkansas State. The over-under is 62.5. Brad Powers, you like? The over in this one. And I'll start with Middle Tennessee. I think their full season stats are misleading because they played half their games, six of them, without their quarterback, Brent Stock, still. In those six games, their offense averages about 19.5 points per game. He comes back the final four games of the regular season. They top at least 30 points in all four while averaging 36 points per game. So a little bit misleading there. And speaking of misleading... How about Arkansas State's last game where they put up 600 yards of offense against Troy? Somehow they outgained them by 300 yards. They don't get the win. I know it because there's a best bet on the Dream Pod in a pick'em game. But that was a team that probably should have put up. Are you going to recount all your best bet losses? It's been a tough year. But, man, (laughs) I mean, when you got a pick'em game, RJ, and you outscore it, you outgain a team by 300-some yards. I bet the Browns last week. I don't want to hear about it. All right, fair enough. But, anyways, that was a game that they probably— How many times are you going to cry about that? Eleven. <laughs> You're there. And no worries about that. I mean, Imagine I, living with them. 
How many times Oof. did you tell your wife about it? Zero. Uh, so he has, oh. to, he has to let it out here. Yeah, understandable. She was on Green Bay. She didn't care. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> she <broke it. laughs> yeah, she she gave Fez minus 105. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't pass it up. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> All right, you done, Brian? I'm done. They should have scored 40 plus points over as the Any way to go plan? here. No, I'm done. You're good? I'm done. I can. You like the overall stuff. <laughs> I do. And Justice Hansen is an outstanding quarterback for Arkansas State. And this offense is going to score games in the state of Alabama. So they'll have some fans there. But Murfreesboro, which is where Middle Tennessee State is, is not far away. And Stockstill likes playing for the old man. His old man's the coach there. And uh, they're missing Richie James, their best receiver. Had this guy been there, Stockstill's yardage would even be higher because this guy is that dominant at that level. But uh, to me, I think both teams are going to get up and down the field. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. And not only do I think it'll go over, I think it'll go over by 15 points or more. All right, double like on the over here, over Middle Tennessee, Arkansas State. Fez, you like the side here, and Arkansas State is favored by four. You like? Uh, Middle Tennessee State. The reason being is stock still. Um, Brad mentioned he was hurt. He missed half their games they went into Syracuse and they beat Syracuse when Syracuse was really good. Syracuse got decimated by injuries. So that's a misleading premium win that doesn't look so impressive, but it was at the time of the victory. Further, Stock still came back too early. The season was was absolutely falling apart with the backup quarterback. And so the old man, the coach, put his son in when he wasn't ready to play and he gutted out a couple of games when he was clearly only about 60%. Now he's going to be about 95%. So I agree with more offense, especially more offense for Middle Tennessee State. All right, like, like Middle Tennessee State. Any opinion, any quick, just one thought or two on the side here? Uh, no, I think uh, I'm really indifferent. I But there, I think there's value Arkansas State off such a misleading loss against Troy in their very last game. All right, guys, there are three games left and three best bets. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. All right, first best bet. This is the early line move game. And Fez, you put out your line move predictions in the NFL. Um, and the best way to get those, I think, pregame.com in the forums, but you also tweeted out at Fezzik Sports, F-E-Z-Z-I-K, at Fezzik Sports. And you're about 70% last, what, three years on your line move predictions. Yes. So just to be clear, it's not winning those games. It's saying if the line moves, if it doesn't, it's a wash. If the line moves, you get the better line listening to you 70% of the time. And my recommendation is, hey, you like this side, bet it now. It's likely to move. If you like the other side, wait until Sunday. Exactly. So if you like either side, you get the better line 70% of the time. Can't And, and, and when you're paying a dime to get a half a point, and sometimes it moves more than that, that's like you're taking all the vig away seven out of ten times for free at Fezzik Sports. Good fall. If you listen to this pod, you should be following Fez for sure. Army, San Diego State, next Saturday. San Diego State's up to seven with reduced juice. Your best bet? San Diego State, lay the seven. This is all about Army being— So real quick, this was six earlier. So if you would have been here last week— what? 
Now, the no line was up on this game. Oh, it just came up. Isn't in fact, that convenient? In the past, I never saw a minus six. It just came up <laughs> in the past 24 hours. So we're going to get it to minus seven, and I'm going to call that the opener because a six and a half, you blinked and it was gone. The... Army is nine and two. They're the most overrated, lucky nine and two team you will ever see. They're five and two in close games. And a big part about their close wins is that they run that quirky option that has certainly thrown teams off, but they've had some things break their way. The Navy game could have gone either way. I'm still a believer that part of the reason they won that game is they got to wear their camouflage white uniforms in a white blizzard, which had to have helped the defense a little bit um, as well. But the bottom line is the option's not going to work against San Diego State because Rocky Long is very familiar with it. He played two option teams this year. They beat Air Force at Air Force. And and how clutch is this? Their last game of the year, they played against the New Mexico option and won 35 to 10. They don't even have to like invent a new practice to stop the option. They just just faced it in their very last game. They're going to kill him. Brad, what do you think? Well, yeah, he's right. It didn't open up that line until the last 24 to 48 hours. I liked it so much that I'm kind of jealous that you brought it into this podcast a week early because I went ahead and peeled off the rubber band. I went down to the win and bet the game. Two-game sample size, not enough for you guys as far as Rocky Long against the option. How about since he's been at San Diego State, starting when he was a defensive coordinator for Brady Hoke, 15 games against the option, 13 and 12, 13 and two straight up, 12 and three against the number. He's a master of defending the option. Love this pick. Bet this pick. What are you doing? Why this guy don't carry his money in a wallet? Hey, why this guy carries money in a roll? San Diego say early best bet and fast bet it early. You're thinking. I think it could actually close 10. All right. Game. Our penultimate. Hey, game. RG, I just got to oh. get something in. That's, oh, a, that's a great fact as far as. Uh, if you follow Army-Navy game. First off, even though there is a, a little bit of time between the uh, next game for Army, they will have some type of letdown. They're still partying with second consecutive win against Navy. Also, those white uniforms, those uniforms were made because of the uh, the Army that went in in the World War and they actually were in the Alps. And so that they tributed those uniforms were made specifically to honor that team. And ironically, it snowed in Philadelphia for that game. So they said they couldn't have scripted it any better. I actually heard a big report on that yesterday. Interesting. So it's hard to begrudge them for that. Yeah. And it, it comes down to this is why <laughs> Boise with their blue uniforms on the blue turf had the biggest home field mm-hmm. for years. The camouflage is real. The quarterback has trouble seeing the safeties when he does throw the ball. And does Boise not do that anymore? They do, but there's been some complaints about. It. I believe in conference they asked them. They said they can't do it anymore. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, they don't. They don't wear their blue on blues as much as they used to. All right. Speaking of Boise, this is a triple like with the best bat thrown in as one of the likes. I mean, listen, there are no short things. We're going for fifty five percent, but wow, this is lining up. It's Oregon. It's Boise. Oregon favored by seven and a half, a little reduced juice at that number. And Ken, this is your best bet. And your best bet is? My best bet is Oregon. Oregon minus the points. And again, I'll be at that game. I'll be right down on the field. And since Herbert came back, the quarterback for Oregon, this is a totally different team. Had he stayed healthy all year long, there's no doubt in my mind that they would have challenged Stanford, Washington, Washington State, all those teams as far as the Pac-12 North, and their offense is that explosive. Now, their defense, Jelk is outstanding, but the rest of the defense is subpar, but they were that good that they could outscore you. Now, still up till now, and it's Tuesday late afternoon, we don't know if Royce Freeman is going to play because of his NFL draft stock. 
he may sit out. But even if he does, Benoit is that good a running back, that good a guy that can take his place and will welcome more carries in this particular game. They won't lose anything there. The passing game is night and day. The amount of points they score is somewhere in the neighborhood of over 20 more per game that Herbert starts. I think Oregon is going to take care of Boise in a big way. Now, Jake Rowe, their tight end, the Boise Boise State Broncos, missed the last game against Fresno State at home. They were very fortunate to win that game. They had no business, first off, playing at home because they had lost straight up to Fresno State and finished tied loss-wise in the Mountain West. But they got the break, and they end up winning that game. And that's why I think this line is low. Because had Fresno State won that game, this line would be 10, 10 and a half, 11 points. And I think Oregon State not only is going to win this game, they're going to win this game by, by double digits. And I think they have a good chance to blow them out because I'm not impressed with Rippon and Cozart. They're, they're uh, using the two-headed monster as far as from the quarterback situation. And Madison, their running back, their star running back, is banged up. They have a great receiver in Wilson, and the tight end row will be back. But it's not the same Boise State team that we've seen year in, year out in this Oregon team. Even though Taggart has left, they wanted Cristobal to be that coach. He got the job. They're going to come down here. They're going to make a statement for their new head coach, and they're going to roll over Boise State. Okay, so that's Oregon, Oregon over Boise State. Best bet from Ken. We also have this as a sharp money play. So the double, the second like, 95% of the account, sharp money, backing Oregon, agreeing with Ken. And also, Fez, to make it a triple, you like Oregon. I do. You thought Aaron Rodgers was important for the Green Bay Packers, and you thought Stockstill was important for Middle <laughs> Tennessee State. Well, that pales compared to what Herbert does, quarterback for Oregon. With them, Ken talked about it. they're six and one without him, one and four. Eh, how big a deal is that? Some close games? No close games. They literally win by three touchdowns when he's the quarterback, and they lose by twenty plus when he's not the quarterback. He is the, the he, they have no backup quarterback. If he's playing, Oregon is a top twenty team, and they'll roll. Okay, so this is another example where the stats blended throughout the year aren't telling, and obviously anyone savvy knows this, but there's computer mo- there's all kind of different ways that that it's kind of lost. Maybe not totally, right? But but lost a little bit in the shuffle. Yeah, absolutely. And and c- computer models and like we don't like to we do this in the NFL for years. We got this wrong about how much is a quarterback worth. We hated to go above six points, and then finally we look at the re- enough results. And we say, you know what, quarterbacks can be worth nine points in the NFL, and in college they can be worth eighteen. And let's be clear, savvy you know algorithms that people are betting off of account for injuries. Right. No doubt. But I'm saying things like you open up the newspaper and the AP has what's their points per game. What, and you start looking, it's like it's deceiving. And I think a good example of that to tease to the NFL pod on Thursday morning is the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys this week. And if you look at their stats, this is two different teams. I mean, Sean Lee plus the left tackle for the Cowboys, you take them off. This is a bot, you know, bottom quarter team. The Cowboys, you put them on. I think it's a top quarter team. And as you look at the blended stats, it's not as obvious as a quarterback. And because of that, I think the Cowboys might be a little underrated this week. But we'll be talking about that game for sure. All right, Brad, you actually passed this game. But give us just one factor that you think that backs up the Oregon play. Oh, well, I'll br- another stat for Herbert. On offense when he's playing, 52 points per game is what they average on offense. When he's not in there, they average 15 points per game. You guys mentioned it. A guy that's worth probably two touchdowns to the line 
Here's why it's a pass for me. There's just too much uncertainty for me. Both top running backs, the leading rushers for both teams, questionable in this one. So come game day, as we approach and the injuries uh, define themselves, you might play this. A- absolutely. I mean, if particularly if Boise State's running back, Madison, is out. He's a guy that's got more than the rest of the team combined rushing. So to me, he's more valuable than Royce Freeman is for Oregon because they still got some capable backups. So if he's out, I'm going to lean towards Oregon in this one. Don't know that while we're taping this. And plus the interim factor, he's not an interim. He's going to be the coach, but you did lose man hours, not only from Willie Taggart, the head coach, but also the defense coordinator, Jim Levitt, who's also off the Florida State. Okay, so Ken Thompson likes Oregon. Ken mentioned he's going to be at this game. And RJ, or it's your best bet on Oregon. There's there's seven and a halfs out there. There's also seven minus 120. And again, with that key number of seven, that's where I'll lay the extra extra 10 cents there to uh, get that number down to seven. And, you know, in the NFL, I think seven's worth, you know, 11, 11 and a half. But now with the extra point, maybe it's back to 10. You know, personally, I now if you're going on a number, so you're going to save yourself a loss. That's actually worth more because you're saving 110. But, Fez, let me ask you, in this game specifically with the total, if you could and if you could lay 7 minus 120 or 7.5 minus 110, what do you want? Oh, you lay 7 minus 120. It's worth about 12.5 cents in college to go on or off the 7. And, and like you said, you save the Hold big. on a second. In general, points are worth a lot less in college, correct? Correct. So why seven worth more in college? Because college has different overtime rules. Teams can win Ah. by seven in overtime in college and not in the NFL. Now that, I just learned something. 30 years doing this. Only in dreams for that one? Oh, you know something? Wow. That deserves it more than anything. Good call, Brad. That's a good one. I was going to push back, but all right. So RJ, the thing is when you don't oh, miss a what, week, what, when you don't miss a week, you're able to pick that stuff up. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and, and if you actually go to the pinnacle drop down menus, they actually let you not just buy, but if you sell a half point and you go the other way, they'll give you more than 10 cents. And that's as good an indicator that it's worth more than 10 cents as you'll ever see. So the theory is, okay, a certain percentage of games are going to go to overtime. When they do, there's a chance it's going to fall seven. It's a, 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 a better than, uh, or it's not a small chance. It's a real chance. It's going to fall seven, a material chance. And because of that, more games than seven than in the NFL. Huh. Fascinating. Fez, that's why you're the two-time Super Contest champion. As I was finishing before the last game, Ken, best bet Oregon, and he was mentioned being at the game, is Ken's radio show on in town here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 7 to 9 Pacific on Kadon. And there's a streaming version of that, right? I'm guessing on You can. Kadon? You can go right there, and it's a, a live uh, feed right there, sportsxradio.com, or you can just go to kdwn.com, and either way, you can get the live stream. And if you miss it, there's always the archive version right there at sportsxradio.com. Damn, I opened the door, and you heard dot hey. com like seven times. Appreciate it. Ah, <laughs> hope I don't have to edit that. Lucky I don't edit. Don't miss Brad Powers on Monday nights. Ah, that's true. That's true. But it really is, is. Is I've been there when Ken gets a text that says, oh, this so and And I don't want to even give examples to get anyone in trouble. This so-and-so just told me this. And then like 45 minutes later, you see it on the ESPN uh, you know, ticker at the bottom that this guy's out. So knowing these announcers and coaches has an advantage. RJ, no, more dot com, I, so. no, I may, I may have a, an opportunity to get information on Royce Freeman, whether or not he's playing or not 
earlier than anybody else. And of course, I'll let everybody know. There we go. There we go. At one of those dot coms, I'm guessing. All right. <laughs> next game. <laughs> We've got our final game. This is Brad's best bet, and it's UAB Ohio University. Yeah, I'm going best bet UAB in this one, plus the seven and a half. And you talk about motivation. I don't think there's any more excited team in college football this bowl season than UAB, who didn't even have a football program the last couple of years prior to this season. They exceed everyone's expectations, and they're legitimate in doing so. This is a team that, that you know, only had a season win total, two and a half. They won eight games. The, the market just couldn't account for a team that hadn't been playing football for a couple of years. You look at their opponent here, Ohio. Yes, it's the Bahamas Bowl, so you're going to be generally excited. But this was a team that came within one play of playing for the MAC championship game, something that Frank Solich, their 13-year head coach, has never done so there at Ohio. And Frank Solich is a terrible bowl coach. How about four and nine straight up? I like getting the hook here. I got the team that's probably a little bit more motivated. You look at Ohio missing a key player. Their leading rusher in their final game of the regular season gets hurt. They're going to be playing without him. So a key injury that's not getting factored into the marketplace. Give me UAB plus the points. All right, UAB, best bet from Brad. Can you actually lean UAB also? Yeah, I, I do lean uh, UAB with A.J. Olette. That's the running back he's talking about, missing this game for Ohio. Rourke, the quarterback, is a good two-way guy. He can throw the ball, but he can run the ball. But when he runs, there's deception because they think Olette's going to get the ball. Now that he's not there, they're going to key in on the quarterback, Rourke, a little bit more. That'll take away one of his uh, assets as far as that dual threat, and I think that's just going to be too much to overcome. They don't throw it real well. Uh, Pappy White is back, but he's still playing banged up. And uh, I just think it's a bad spot. And like Brad said, motivation, big time. UAB, back on the map. And they get some good quality players. Some of these kids that don't go to Auburn and Alabama or Troy even, they end up going to UAB. And I think you're going to see the stock continue to rise down there. It's a program that is well-loved. And community-wise, they are big time in Birmingham. Okay, so Brad Powers, follow him on Twitter, at Brad Powers 7, at Brad Powers 7. As you can see, a ton of great college football info. Fez has a total in this game in a minute, but you can follow me on Twitter too. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. And if you can only follow one of us, I'd suggest me, but if not (laughs) at Brad Powers seven. All right, we're wrapping up Fez. You got a total on this baby. This is UAB. OU. Yeah, we're going to go under the 57. 57 is a pretty average college football total. That's about how many points get scored in an average college football game. I just think there's going to be too much rushing for that to happen. Both teams for the year have averaged under 300 passes. Both teams have averaged over 500 runs. So they're running the ball. Both of the teams over 62.5% of the time. UAB has gone under the 50, seven of eight of their last eight games. Further, this game is in the Bahamas Bowl. Early weather forecast for 13 to 15 miles per hour wins. Everyone remembers the Bahamas Bowl from three years ago when there was a game that ended 49-48. And they think, oh, Bahamas Bowls, shootouts. Well, last year's game, only 44 points. And this is the first matchup that really dictates an under. I think this number is a good four points too high under the 57. Under from Faz. And one last macro tip. I think if there's any time you want to bet the bowl or games early, it's probably in the bowls. As in, hey, I can bet on Monday or Sunday in the NFL. Yeah, you want to bet early. You always want to bet as early as you can. When don't you bet early? Is if there's information that you consider vital. Even if there's information that is equally possible to help you or hurt you. I don't think you wait for that because 
once it comes out, the line's going to move accordingly. The the uncertainty is built into the number, and you can just kind of roll with that and, and, and get the earlier number and accept half the time it's going to help you, half it's going to hurt you. It's only when you think this wide receiver is so much more important than people think, and thus it's going to get mispriced once the information is known, then I think you wait. But otherwise, college bowls early is better because these lines tend to move drastically. Fez, do you agree with that? I do, absolutely. And I like the aspect of the free roll. If you get some weather forecast and you and you like the under anyways, it's only going to drop with a bad weather forecast. If the weather improves, it's just going to stay the same. That's Fezzik at Fezzik Sports. Guys, Fez and I and Matty Holt promised we'll be back next week on the NFL Dream or back for this week, NFL Dream Preview. That comes out Thursday morning. Talk to you there. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for R.J.? You can contact him directly on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. Now, if you're hearing my voice, it means you like podcasting. And if you like podcasting, well, then you're going to love my show. Lots of funny segments, good bits, great guests, and of course, moi. That's Mexican for me. So check it out at Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you, you listen to find podcasts. The Adam Carolla Show. Throw it on your phone. It's free.